I've had a request for all five, but we don't all know them, so the first and the last verses are the rap sack. <laughs> Things fall apart, the centre cannot hold. So it's time that we admitted there are scuffles in the Isle of Labour's Broad Church. My name's John Bounds, with me, my old comrade. Would you use that word, Adam? Adam Juniper. Not sure I used the word comrade when I was in, quotes, New Labour, close quotes. I'm certainly not sure I use it in uh, Renew. I thought you all used it ironically. No, no. We uh, we used it when we were trying to trick uh, you old Labour types into thinking that we were okay. But obviously we were busy trying to destroy the country and, you know, build schools. And at, last we've got it, at last we've got it on tape, you admitting it. So it's been a funny old week, hasn't it, for the old um, politics? Um, and you're quite, because you really care about this whole um, European thing, you, that makes you quite upset. Yeah, yeah, I blame also my constitutional law teachers at uh, Birmingham University because one of the subjects I actually got quite involved in is is thinking that the country and constitution mattered and it was important to not be dicks all the time. Well, at, at least if you genuinely know a little bit about constitutional law and stuff, it's n- you you weren't one of these people going, "Oh no, the um the queen's going to save us." And the people are still going there. Oh, the lords will save us. But the you know, now it is. I mean, the, it's going through a, a judicial review, the prorogation, isn't it, um, in Scotland for some reason. And the uh, people are going, oh, the courts will save us, or Rory Stewart will save us, John Major will save us, Ken Clark will save us. It's like just people just picking random shit out the air. It's it's mad as like people claiming to be like a freeman on the land and there's a as a sort of if you just read this piece of paper long enough, there's a way out of this. And the bloody isn't. It's just a hard fight. It, I mean, yeah, not recognising the fact that it is a fight and certainly not helped by the fact that uh, you know we have one of the three unwritten constitutions or meaning not unwritten but not written in one place uh, gives a lot of opportunity for either side to uh, cause trouble to drag things out there are a lot of situations where we need to ask people what the solution is and there are one or two which are a little bit bendy which is why we've seen so much from John Burko in a situation which would just you know normally be quite clear but now yeah we, we do seem to be left with people Asking, I mean, you said Rory Stewart, so I heard Rory Stewart on uh, Today program yesterday, um, just before Boris disgraced himself and did a Hitler, um, promising. Is that, that what we're calling it now? Okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to call it that. Yeah, I mean, he's not physically burned the building down uh, and blamed the communist, but he's he's doing the political equivalent, isn't he? Um, there, are, there are certain presidents, yes, but what was Rory Stewart doing? He was announcing that if Parliament was prorogued, he would establish a people's parliament of some kind, you know, borrow a building opposite the road. And so there was nothing, you know, about the building that mattered, which suggested that he maybe was courting a certain kind of centre Tory, who might now be considered hard left Tory, um, but suggested he didn't know that much about the... Uh, constitutional queen in parliament 
Well, there's um, John McDonald has also well, John McDonald suggested two things. He suggested occupying the building, or he suggested um, sitting somewhere else as well. But um, with John McDonald, you kind of get the the feeling that he's sort of been preparing for this for a long time. Um, it's like the uh, the Daily Mirror yesterday ran a piece um, by uh, Russell Lloyd Mole, the uh, MP for Labour MP for Brighton. Um, Kemp Town, the calling for a general strike, which is, I mean, totally brilliant. And it will help um, the fast depleting funds of the Socialist Workers' Party because they've already got lots of placards with general strike on it. And they have had since the 80s, as far as I'm aware. (laughs) Just lying around. If they go into the room where they were kept and find that the uh, wood mites have bitten through the, uh, the stick that you hold the placard on, they could be very depressed. Well, to be honest, their the, the raison d'etre is simply to hang around at the start of protests, um, getting uh, unsuspecting sort of neophyte protesters and giving them a socialist workers placard um, because those people don't know what a bunch of shits they are. But, yes, um, no, no, I've, I've I've been to plenty of protests in my time and you've always seen the people with the socialist worker placard and you always sort of find yourself going, Do you, I mean, really? <laughs> and then the one person who really does think of himself as a socialist worker. Well, it's very difficult. I'm, to, to be honest, to be perfectly honest, I was already um, sort of racking my sort of morals about the climate general strike. So, uh, I, I, I mean, maybe we could just keep having days off. But So Rory Stewart's not going to save us. John McDonald might try to save us, but... Um, well, he has not, absolutely no power to do so. Well, okay, but so the um, I don't know, but the Queen, the Queen will save us thing was so Hello. funny. It's just Hello. like for a start. Do you think perhaps that the Queen might have had a, a reason to try and fill the news cycle with something else? Uh, maybe she did, um, and or you know, and the other thing, I just, I just think, oh, she, when she always she sends people those little signals, doesn't she, with like a blue and yellow brooch, or uh, <laughs> oh, she's yes. wearing a European hat, is she? And I wonder which of her fucking diamond hats she wore while in a second castle uh, to sign the prorogation of uh, of Parliament. I, mean, I wonder if uh, her badges had any special meanings. I don't know. I, I guess um, being dressed up as a very well-off monarch gives the distinct impression that you're really on the side of the people who, uh, you know, are trying to make a lot of money out of this and don't care too much about the people. But there is nothing that you... <laughs> this probably has stirred a lot of... Um, ill feeling but i was just i was amazed at the idea that people thought that the queen was going to do anything other than play along with with what she was told to do the fact the idea that we had a, a sort of i, I mean you constitutional would, you, so, check and balance yeah. from the monarchy is nonsense arguably technically you do but of course you find yourself in a new very very serious constitutional crisis if the queen steps in and starts saying well this parliament of mine isn't really working out and this government of mine isn't really working out i think we'll go back to the days where i sat in a chair wore in a hat wore a hat and when my jester wasn't amusing me i had people killed and my uh uh, second eldest son could do what the f he liked uh, <laughs> without comeback. Um, well, there he is, blamed, I mean, didn't he blame that on Photoshop? Of course, yes, of course. That that uh, that's a uh, that's it's how, one, it's how, one of those. How many more series of the now. Crown are we going to have to get through before that comes up? 
I've got an idea how to uh, solve um, the the Johnson question, as it were. Let's um, hit our uh, rogue PM exactly where it hurts, and uh, see if we can get people to genuinely play out the um, the Greek comedy uh, by uh, Aristophanes, uh, the Lysistra. Uh, essentially, we're saying no more Johnsons in until Johnson is out. Ah, you're suggesting a little bit of a strike. I'm suggesting a general strike, but uh, not from the generals, from the uh, the people in charge of the Lady Gardens. Um, the I was trying to think of a military metaphor for it then, I couldn't. The military, they like to buy their own pointy things, don't they? They're, uh, it's not a... <laughs> it's, it's the least likely to be effective with that group. I was at um, Greenham Common... Uh, the other day and it did um remind me of the phrase i think fr- maybe from uh adrian mole when his uh, mother uh, goes to a protest you don't see a 30 foot giant cunt flying over <laughs> <laughs> but it's of course um i'm talking about a, a sex strike apparently um if you've not if you've not read a lot of uh greek um comedies there was a, a 1972 episode of mash based on it also, uh, Spike Lee uh, did a film, uh, Chirac, which was uh, set in Chicago, fairly modern. Basically, the uh, no no more sex until war is stopped. It would work. I mean, it, I, I did I did notice in in boring actual political facts that um, there's a sort of snap survey done into who thinks proroguing Parliament is a good idea, and even some leavers are not necessarily convinced that getting rid of democracy, which after all they claimed they wanted in the first place, is ideal. Uh, but of the of the they, they also asked men and women. That's probably and how they do most men, polls. Dan, let's be honest. <laughs> Sorry, I mean they made the distinction in the reporting. Um, you know, they distinguish between leavers and remainers, Labour supporters, Tory supporters, don't knows, you know, the, the various other categories. And now they've decided that men and women are distinct social categories or demographics. Um, and it turns out that men are were twice as likely to think it's just fine to get rid of democracy uh, than women. That's it. So there, there is a precedent for this. I'm, I'm suggesting that uh, two white males in their 40s are probably not the the right people to lead this particular strike um but i'm full i'm fully supported i mean it won't take make a lot of difference uh to me i, I imagine there's already such a thing going on at the white house and it's not helping just, just judging by that picture of uh thingy looking uh ivanka or the the various trunk women trump women looking at the canadian president suggests they would uh, definitely choose somebody else. They were certainly looking at Justin Trudeau the way lots of centrist Labour politicians who have absolutely no fucking idea about politics also look at Justin Trudeau. I was going to try and cheer you up, and before all this proroguing nonsense was starting, I was thinking um, it really is time to to be making your mind up. And, uh, you know... You've got to uh, speed it up and then possibly slow it down. But you'll soon find that there comes a time for making your mind up. And um, that will be when um, 
you have to, with a forthcoming election, you get the opportunity to vote or not for uh, Boxfist singer Jay Aston as uh, a candidate for the Brexit party for the uh, London seat of uh, Kensington, so not too far away from you. You're suggesting if I was a little richer, I could move over to Kensington? You could. She's... um... She'll be uh, standing against um, Emma uh, Dent Code, by the sound of it. Uh, be quite um, an interesting um, thing. And I, I was, this is a you 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 get kind of um, uh, if you're if you're making say a TV series and you've got a fair amount of budget, and say you or a, a a film, and you might get. I don't know, if you could afford him and he was still alive, you might go, Orson Welles will do absolutely anything for for some money. Will he do a five-second cameo? And he could go, Orson Welles in Brexit, the story, or whatever. And that, I'd call that stunt casting, almost. Wait. So this is... And now we've got stunt... Put, poly- I mean, yeah, I thought they'd just rounded up crazies, although... Presumably now they're all the up, rounding up crazies who also have some sort of celebrity. Or, I mean, this is picking somebody for a single press release, the, isn't the, it? It was, or a tweet, or whatever. That was they they held the sort of Twitter news cycle for about half a day on that, and that's what they want to do. And it's the it's the same thing they did with Annunciata um, uh, Rees Mogg. It's the same thing they did with Anne Widdicombe. It's. Um, Oh, it's a oh god, and uh, you know you absolutely know they'd sign up Jim Davison if they could. Um, well, and they probably can. Well, they probably ha- you're going to say I'm sure it'll come well, along a, soon enough. They probably they've probably timed it for a different he's a, day. He's a, well, he'd have to defect. He's a Tory activist. He actually goes out delivering leaflets and stuff. I've seen photos of him. Well, he he, sent, he wouldn't be the first Tory to not to not to worry about the economy or old traditional Tory values and defect to the Brexit lunatic. I was just I was just thinking. So, renew Adam. What's your, what are your uh, stunt That's selections? Have you got any, have you got any like um, the old uh, chuckers had, uh, had with the um, with Gavin Esler, who today absolutely uh, showed that he didn't understand the uh, British constitutional parliamentary system at all by thinking that you could possibly institute a recall um, uh, petition on Boris Johnson. He would need to go down for a year. He needs to go down to prison for a year before you can do a, um, a recall petition, doesn't he? So you can't... Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, that kind of recall. So, yes, so, I mean, sorry, there I, are genuine, probably yes. plenty of reasons that Boris Johnson could and should go to prison for more than a year, but I don't think they're going to happen anytime soon. His seat is distinctly winnable, isn't Labour it? Labour planned to win it, and I think oh. the rumour is that he won't stand there. Oh, it would be so fun, though. Yeah, the trick is to keep it quiet how winnable it is, and then... Uh, really go for it once it's too late for him to move i imagine he won't want to stand there because it's quite near the airport that he'll allow them to build a third runway on if a lot of international people are moving out of the country for some they'll reason, need an airport then i well <laughs> i was gonna say in general there will be fewer you know it will be there will be fewer sustainable international routes so we might find that we don't have as many cheap international travel options Sorry, that was a bit boring and factual, wasn't that's, it? That's it. Do you um, would you like to talk boring and factual? Um, what do you think, Adam? That, what, that, go on. What do you what do you genuinely think? I, I was I was going to give you the the renew answer is to choose people who are, you know, have shown some sort of ability or competence in the real world. And 
and how do you, um, and how did you become a candidate? Well, you know, I'm quite good at publishing, apparently. At the very least, not just get trapped in with political enthusiasts. I think it's not the easiest thing in the world, obviously, because the sort of people who who get uh, you know who, who want to join a political party tend to be in some way involved in politics, and the problem with political parties is they tend to be the people who have more extreme views. So party democracy elects extremists, whether it's Jeremy Corbyn on the left, Boris Johnson on the right. And the theory, at least, is by picking people who have had to cope in real-world environments where you have to make decisions that ultimately lead to profit or success or, you know... uh, the ward staying open, something like that, involves making grown-up decisions. And so hopefully that's the sort of thing that people can respect. So, yeah, I agree. It is a little boring, but it's it's a new approach. Based on sort of the theories of sort of mutually assured uh, destruction, the, um, the idea of convincing people that you will kill yourself... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, but is uh, I'm going to say this is uh, a weird thing because you're you've been quite depressed by the whole um, manoeuvring uh, this week, and I think lots of people have been either despairing or, or weird. I've seen one or two hopeful takes. I've seen some people thinking that actually a Queen's speech is a very good opportunity uh, to 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 change the course. Um, of the parliament, well, the new parliament. Yes, a, a bit late for the one thing that I would really like to see sorted out. But yes, it should be an interesting opportunity. I think uh, the, I, the, you know, there's a lot of optimism coming from a lot of people who need to remember that there is only one thing that will motivate certain MPs on the Tory side. So, money. Um, you know. Y- y- <laughs> No, that's most MPs on the Tory side. No, I mean, uh, Europe is the only issue where you're going to see people defecting and not not as many as you might hope, you know. The amber ruds of this world. Well, there was one thing that I actually quite enjoyed this week before, you know, I got truly depressed, which was when the uh, Advertising Standards Authority called the uh, government to account for its uh, campaign, which I've seen on uh, bus stops around here, saying... Don't worry, you'll be allowed to stay. You just send off your form and it'll be absolutely fine. Um, And it turns out that in 27% of cases, it isn't fine. And people are then demanded to show all sorts of complicated bits of paperwork and their employer for the last five years and all sorts of evidence that they've been in the country. And so the advert falls foul of the Advertising Standards Authority uh, regulations (laughs) that had to be pulled. And I just... I like it when they're caught out that in is, a lie. Uh, I mean, that is one of my. That is, I, I really do like that. It doesn't change anything because they've done it, and the advertising authority is completely toothless. But I did. Um, we we sign a lot of petitions, don't we, these days? But I did sign one fairly recently, um, being the idea that it would um, that would bring political advertising under the control of uh, the ASA, which is not at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, years ago that idea would have filled me with terror, but these days it, they seem to be much, much more sane 
than uh, you don't have to be a lot more sane to be a <laughs> to be saner than some of the the political yeah. adverts. So the um, so the other are the other sort of I don't know uh, optimistic um, view of of what's happened this week is that and this is one I, I I've got a little bit of uh, sympathy as a theory for I think. What um what Boris Johnson's done this week makes the vote of no confidence more likely and more winnable. But it yeah may may be the only option that could be pulled off in this one week. I have a feeling though, given that uh, it's sort of a convention that if a uh, prime minister loses a government of confidence uh, a vote of confidence, they resign. That he might not. That is true, but this is my, this uh-huh. is possibly going down the whole a little bit of a conspiracy theory but i have a i have a sort of idea that quite actually boris johnson would quite like a general election and thinks he could possibly win a general election if he can go through it on a i've been thwarted in my attempts to do brexit ticket i think i almost i almost think yeah i thought i used to think that but now it looks like he's won doesn't it i mean I thought that he was trying to be thwarted, um, you know, and stopped by Parliament in some way, so he could then ha- essentially have a people versus the Parliament general election, which is insane, um, obviously, because it would be an election for parliamentary representatives. But that that was that was sort of my initial reading. Now I'm starting to think that it it really is a bit more of a. Well, I still think he wants an election, but I think he wants the election in early November. I think he wants to do the damage and leave the various organisations and sort of uh, remain coalitions and all the friendliness that's been taking place in absolute disarray, but get that election in before the really difficult economic consequences of Brexit take hold. And so the election can dominate the news cycle rather than what's happening near Dover. I think, uh, you know, in the same way we saw today, Pretty Patel went to France to talk about boats with immigrants, which occupied a few minutes of the news cycle and distracted from some of the other discussions. Um, they're going to find ways, or that, you know, a really good press team will find ways of layering the news to keep the time off and to provide friend, you know, something for the friendly media to talk about, so the word coup doesn't show up on too many front pages. Well, it was. Ne- I mean, they don't have to worry about the about the print about the print media. They simply don't. I think what they do. Ha- no, uh, yes, I use I use the word front pages, but it's 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 more sort of the, the the floaters, if you like, are probably now the people who watch the BBC or maybe Sky News and. It's for those people. They're making editorial decisions, which boils down to time, and so you want that time to be filled in part with stories that you can control. And the, but I think that that's possibly true. But they can't obviously once during elections called, they lose a lot of that control, and that's the that's the that's the hope I think, and that's one of the um, that is one of the the real hopes. And I think that. It, what you say might be right because the idea that a pre-Brexit, even at I've been thwarted Brexit, um, if the Brexit party runs, they could take a hell of a lot of um, 
votes off the Tories in a lot of places, leading to mostly Lib Dem gains, I would have thought, or um, other gains in Scotland, in, in, particularly in Scotland. But if they if the Tories go far right enough to keep those votes, they'll lose them from the other end. Um, so there's a, yeah. it's a it's a really desperate tightrope. I th- and I, I'm, I think the polls um, tell um, a, a, a tell a, a story which isn't really true, and I don't think they're in any way detailed enough to be seen as what will happen in individual seats. And I think that if they, I, I really want to get a quip in about the polls not being allowed <laughs> to vote then. <laughs> Well, this yes, and that's the sort of reason why we uh, we have to get Mike Yarwood back. I think. But it's, so I think it's, I think it doesn't mean we have to play their game because they. I think they 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 might genuinely want this election, want an election. But I think, well, an opposition who doesn't want an election isn't much of an opposition. That's true. With all this shenanigans and the idea that the Tories are absolutely willing to, um, in the words of uh, the song Baggy Trousers, uh, bend but not break the rules, all of those rules, um, does the option, Adam, does the option of representative democracy still really exist? Well, not right now. I think is the answer. Simply, if you can turn it off when it disagrees with you, then the government, or whoever is selected to be the government, is in ultimate control. It is nothing more than a dictatorship. And what we're watching in many expense, many, you know, cases is the media reacting in the way it tends to in countries that are turning into dictatorships, which is not really quite believing it, certainly not shouting, you know, there's this one big step. Um, but, you know, there are little things. There are hashtag fires, <laughs> shall we say, um, that nudge people in a certain direction. And right now it looks a bit like we're losing any traditional sense of representative democracy, which is odd because that's what the fight was all about in the first place. I had a bit of a theory about this, though. My theory was that the easiest way to be out of the European Union, forced out, stay out, is to stop being a democracy. Because being a democracy is one of the requirements, according to the Copenhagen Convention rules, of who can be a member state. If you're not a democracy anymore, you can't be in the European Union. Which is probably why the Brexiters are so enthusiastic about uh, doing the harm that they're doing. If I um I I I think that they're as cunning as a fox rolled in its own shit, and as smell and as and as <laughs> fragrant. But I don't genuinely think that they want to do that. I think I think they don't give two short shits about representative democracy because they the the Tories have um, long since given up any pretense of. Um, carrying out their manifestos for example there's not one single thing in the um 2017 tory manifesto has actually come to pass has it not one single thing and they don't care about that so all those people that have voted for 
I don't know um, to have their homes taken off them when they get when they get dementia, or to uh, have further cuts to their um, their welfare state. They haven't had that. Damn. Um, yeah. Well, when it, when it, when it all boils down to it, essentially having the referendum said that the representatives, the people who put the time in, read the documents, think about whether things are a good idea or not, are, you know, have the discussions, do what Parliament is doing. Um, those people were overruled on a major issue. And after that, everyone's just sat in either camp. No other issues have been discussed, so we haven't really had any representative democracy happening. The hope, I guess, is that once Brexit is settled one way or another... Um, we can have a representative democracy again. And some of the people who claimed they really wanted Brexit were really people who felt they wanted, genuinely wanted the power brought home. So they actually wanted that democracy and they wanted the democracy to have unfettered powers, um, which is not necessarily the best of ideas. Well, the... the depending i mean depending on who's doing the fettering look at the the us system where the courts end up going doing rather too much of the fettering because of a written constitution which is too difficult to change well, no um i mean, no systems are, are perfect obviously but we have a very odd and undemocratic democracy we have um members of the church hierarchy sitting in the legislature we have um unelected legislature uh hereditary although not so many as we did legislature we have um thank you to new labor yeah no, well yeah that was uh labor have done two great reforms of the house of lords since 1945 none of them have got far enough to actually abolishing the fucking thing which we should have been doing but um you know we've got uh we've got a supposedly constitutional monarchy which has where the, the the rules are not written down properly and they're not they're open to ch- it's so bloody weird that the rules of are open to challenging the courts not the actions but the rules um that's it, fucking mental well it sounds mad but then even in a written um you know, in any written law, including a constitution, once a rule's written down, there's still going to be a case where it needs to be interpreted in the court because no writing or phrasing ever deals with every possible situation. So things still end up in courts rather more, you know, far more cases end up in the court in the US over the constitution than we have of constitutional matters in this country, despite the fact that we don't write our constitution down. It's illustrate, illustrating that we have an absolute hodgepodge of a democracy with um, four nations within the United Kingdom served by different levels of devolution at a national level. Um, and if we, from no devolution at a national level to tax raising powers at a national level to spending powers yeah. but no raising powers to a parliament that has genuinely quite odd rules to try and get around um you know of cultural political impasse but no one outside of northern Ireland seems to get, seems to care that that parliament hasn't sat for two years it's um and then 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, the system within the UK is insane. It, and that certainly merits the idea of sitting and producing, or would have merited had we not got caught up in the Brexit, which is now going to create a new or requirement to work at these things again. Uh, and a certain amount of settling time is probably going to be required. I would have said before, there was a lot of reason to look at it from what we have now is essentially a remnants of empire approach. And so every different part has been given the minimum power that the Westminster government can get away with and viewing everything as being controlled by England, which is why England has no parliament of its own. Um, whereas if we end up if if we end up in a situation where Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales are still part of the a United Kingdom which is not attached to Europe, it might seem rational to give those some you know, a sort of even federal structure and to truly have a United Kingdom. But we're also going to need to accept the fact that the Scottish may very well not want to be part of that anymore. Um and uh, you know, and and be prepared for that. Uh, as Ruth Davidson now, we'll clearly. get our um, we'll, our old mate Devo Max will be on the news again. The uh, I haven't I haven't seen him for ages. That's that's yes, all the weird phrases, but that's what I mean. It's insane that it's all of those discussions have had have taken place only in relation to the one place at the time, rather than someone thinking, you know what? Why don't we all just sit down and talk about this once and for all? Let's move on to our wonderful uh, feature that uh, is called Are They Clever or Are They Stupid? And this week, we last week we brought a, a slightly right-wing journalist to the table, so I thought we'd balance it out, Adam. And this week, I'd like to present the sometime darling of the uh, momentum uh, movement of Labour, who they seem to have fallen out with him a little bit at the moment. Um, ex uh, BBC, oh, another ex BBC economics editor, uh, Paul Mason. Oh, I thought we were heading towards Owen Jones. <laughs> no, I, no. I, so I thought I thought we'd talk about Paul Mason because um, there's a, an interesting thing about how the mainstream media had told us full well as he left Channel Four that Paul Mason had lost it. He'd gone mad, but what he simply was doing was speaking his mind and letting out his deep knowledge of particularly Trotskyist um, politics. Um, I mean, in fairness, speaking your mind and going mad are often related. Um, people often stand in corners and speak their mind. And uh, this is the, <laughs> that's not always that's to be encouraged. Now, but, so Paul, yeah, but then I, I thought at that point, Paul was saying some of his most lucid and interesting things. His book, Post-Capitalism, uh, apart, apart from its being a little bit sort of techno-utopian in a way which um, I think requires a, a, a huge um, sort of believability in the sort of power of open source and stuff when we see continually that things like that move and then get shut down by capitalism really quickly. But he then... And, and often, in fairness, those uh, those movements are not thoroughly economically thought. Through. Like, this open source seems brilliant, where something is free and you know has just arrived, and I'm able to use it. And then, eventually, when the people who are doing it are no longer able to sustain themselves without a little bit of capitalism, uh, you know, that's you, you can't always trust people's enthusiasm about, uh, as you say, 
techno utopian. Well, also, people thought Twitter and Facebook were a good idea early on. Well, so yeah, so Paul then, um, Paul then has has had a sort of sort of handbrake turn and falling out a little bit with the the very uh, left of um, Labour, particularly momentum who don't really like what he's coming out with, and and what he's coming out with is often quite. He thinks you can tell. He thinks this. It's quite um, electorally sound, and I was bringing as evidence um, today the tweet before actually the, uh, the 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 sort of coup started. Um, but uh, he definitely uh, he sort of had had word that it was on the way. So um, Paul decided that we needed not just an alliance in Parliament and to get on the streets, and if it comes to an election, a one-time tactical voting pact for a progressive majority. And is that clever, or is that stupid? I think right now a one-time tactical voting pact for a progressive majority would be an absolutely wonderful idea. I think right now one of the real problems holding back the left or the centre-left um, or anyone even... Well, I tend to think of these things as progress. I'm not sure what the word progress, <laughs> uh, progressive truly means. Um, you know, is, is there's a huge amount of mistrust within. You know, there are a lot of people who comfortably allied themselves with new labour who are for one reason or another terrified of Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party I think Corbyn's Labour Party is struggling electorally um, there's obviously an opportunity especially as as you've said for the Liberal Democrats at the moment to claw back some seats from a Conservative Party where you've got you know, the old school sort of people who used to care about the country. There must be some of those left in the Tory party and some of those aren't going to want to vote Tory now. And they're certainly not going to be able to move as far as voting Labour. And also given the makeup of the UK, as we well know, there are certain nationalist movements and we could all do with a little bit of progress. So why not all get together? It's the only way we could comfortably win a general election. And it would be nice to stand up there and to, you know, also with the Renews and the independent parties and what have you, um, to say, look, we just want to make things better. We want to be representatives. We want to have a look, think about stuff and do things that are going to make society better again. And, you know, when we stop and work together and do it, we but can do it. So you can stop being paranoid about the lunatics or you know the personality politics which i personally fall victim to all the time when i'm slagging off jeremy corbyn um but hopefully it's the, it's also hopefully the sort of thing that somebody like jeremy corbyn who you know claims to be in favor of party democracy would actually approve of it strike i think it strikes me as a difficult thing i can see I can see the idea of doing it for a couple of weeks <laughs> to sort out the, the problem at the moment. But when you come to, basically, you... Now, I don't know, this might, this, might seem, this might seem a side issue, but if you have to include the Liberal Democrats in this um, sort of progressive um, movement, do, do, isn't the huge elephant in the... 
And, and you can literally feel John Wretch as he uses the words liberal and democrat next to each if other. You have to, if you have to include them in this movement, when, but the, la- um, the largest problem facing our society is not Brexit. The largest problem facing our society is the climate catastrophe. And the Lib Dems have a leader who takes money from fracking companies who is pro-fracking, who is pro the dangerous extraction of fossil fuels we don't need. How do you have a progressive alliance with people like that? I think it's, despite my Corbyn comments, I mean, the thing to do is not worry too much about the individuals, especially since that that person like that wouldn't be leader, I would imagine and instead have faith in whatever democratic mechanism you create between the parties, to have faith in whatever democratic mechanism that the parties use to decide on policy. And that's the thing. That's That should be what it's all about. And I would say, John, you have mentioned that the Labour Party is democratic and uses its structure and its conferences to debate issues and to come up with good policy. Why shouldn't that be possible to just extend that a little bit further to people maybe a little bit mistrusting of, but hope for a better result than being an opposition party. I would happily, uh, in a uh, one-member, one-vote situation, extend um, policy voting rights to members of the Liberal Democrats and the uh, Green Party because there would be a tiny fraction and their votes would count for shit. Well, yes, but I think that... uh, the scenario I'm envisaging is more of a discussion between the elected representatives than uh, than between well, the members. Well, the Lib Dems have a constitution uh, which means they have to get the OK um, for any coalition deal from the membership, don't they? Uh, which is um, uh, a difficult one for them. Yeah, and, and one that, I mean, in practice they would have to ignore. Which they did the last time. There are interesting things that um, people ignore. So uh, Ruth Davidson resigning. Um, I did a little... I was interested to find out who would select the next Scottish Tory leader. Uh, and the, it's Scottish Tory members, which means it's 8,000 of the maddest people in Scotland. And I mean that in both angry oh. and other ways you can use the word mad I mean I'd I'd love to it feels like something that spitting image or someone should be involved with I'd love to hear the accents um, and the debate between them about how how Scotland should be destroyed but Scotland is also best and the the English are the worst the exciting thing is that um, before Ruth do you know who was Scottish Tory leader before Ruth Davidson Oh, you're testing my memory here now. Uh, was it Boris Johnson? I can't remember anyone before him now. <laughs> there wasn't one. There wasn't one. No, I... They had them... Um, they performed so badly in um, the uh, the election before she was uh, made leader that the Scottish... The Tories did a review of how they governed um, the Tory party in Scotland and recommended having a leader. Uh, so they created the post for... Uh, MSPs stood for it. One of them stood on the policy uh, platform of uh, succeeding in removing themselves from the Tory party and becoming a new party. And that and that guy had. Well, that guy I had, mean, I 
I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised we didn't get something like that from Ruth today, you know. I was very disappointed with her whole, well, you know, and family and that kind of thing. And, yeah, I do hope Boris, but family, you know, personal reasons, etc. Which, it sounded like an old school, you know, resignation. I thought she might have taken the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm still the Scottish Tory, but we're not talking to London anymore. I swear that she resigned to spend more time with her country. Exactly. So, but uh, you, you're obviously saying that um, Paul Mason is clever. Is he clever just on this issue, or do you respect his um, his learnings and his his views on most things, Adam? He's veered a little over time, hasn't he? I mean, I mean, I remember last time in our clever or not thing that we boiled it down to fairly cynical approach, and so he's kept the eye on him. He's annoyed people a bit, which seems to be an important bit of that, and you know not going too far off to the left is is clever in my view i think i think paul is a very clever man who seems to is misguided on certain issues um well who isn't well, me all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right you sorry yeah <laughs> well when all hell you great leader um, at some point. I'm suggesting I've won for this week, Adam, because <laughs> I'd quite like to end it there. No, no one's won this week. You can't have a win. Neither of us, no, no one at all, has won anything this week. <laughs> on the on the old centrism thing, I thought I made a fairly strong case, and you just stayed quiet and then said he was clever. <laughs> so I feel like I won, to be honest. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a bad week. For the sort of centrists who um, apparently take um, champagne and olives to an anti-porrogation uh, 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 protest outside Downing Street, sitting have a picnic, <laughs> it's been uh, um, a bad week for some of my extended family who have um, right. unfollowed me on Facebook. It has been a good week so far for people who genuinely think um, that the UK has a, a, a demographic. A democratic deficit because it means that we need we we get a step closer to a sort of mainstream acceptance that our country and our democracy is broken and we we need to fix it and you might be right adam so yes you might be right that the methods of fixing it has to come from an agreement slightly wider across the political spectrum than simply the the labor party because that would Possibly, if they would probably get it right, the current Labour Party, but that doesn't feel particularly democratic. And you need you, the only way you can lay foundations that are going to be, you know, we've we've had a similar constitution for a thousand years or so. If we're going to make a big change, we want it to have that same level of respect, which means it's going to pull, need to pull from as as far across the political spectrum as is reasonably possible. So that's almost everyone except the fascist lunatics i'd encourage everybody to read uh, the leveler revolution uh, by john rees which is my absolute favorite uh, book on uh, radical political organization in england from uh, 1640 to uh, 1650 um, and uh, has an awful lot to say about a situation in which parliament and the establishment are not quite uh, seeing eye to eye and I'd like uh, to say uh, thank you, um, for Adam, 
uh, Juniper for joining me again this week and um, we will repeat this again um, as uh, next time as fast probably men behaving badly <laughs> a bit of that the which other day. really really does not stand up <laughs> on any level makes you makes you feel very very sad about the early so, 90s watching porridge could save the tory party if they really took on the messages I, ideally serving <laughs> porridge would be faith in whatever democratic ma- <laughs> fucking sink <Sink>. Ah. <laughs> Sink, sink, sink.